Welcome back to part two of our conversation with designated drinker, poet Dawn E. Morrow. So if you missed part one, go back and belly up back up to that bar and give it a listen first. Don't worry, we promise to save a seat right here for you. So Dawn, in part one, you shared your life before poetry, um, how you... I'm going to say rediscovered in a good way because you knew it, but rediscovered it later in life um, and and how um, you've been able to carve out some space, um, a little bit, touched on it, um, how to carve out space to write your book, The Habit of Hope. And uh, I know Gina is really hoping you'll tell us a little bit more about how did you put it? A day walker? What were you saying? I said, how do you live a life as a day walker and then go and do like poetry at night? And then she chimed in with dancing. So I want to know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So during the day, I'm a senior manager. I run a large team between 35 and 40 people um, running medical services for a large DOJ agency. Um, I wear a suit every day, go to the office every day, pretend like I'm the boss every day. Um, and I, that does not, like, that is not my passion. It's kind of boring. Um, so at some point, school forced me into writing. But what I've done more recently is kind of outsourced everything I possibly could in my daily life to make room for the other things that I love. So I'm single and I live alone, which means I make decisions about all the things in my house. I mean, I read somewhere that successful executives actually limit the number of decisions they make because when I'm making all those decisions all by myself, I don't have any room to, for anything else I love. Um, so I made room for writing again. That's when I put together my book. I also took a trip to Portugal for two weeks with some friends, one of whom was a West Coast swing dance pro. Um, and on that trip, he taught me my first steps patterns, is what we call them, of West Coast swing. And I fell in love promptly. And by the time I came home, he had set me up with a teacher local to the area who's a phenomenal pro. Um, and I started taking lessons. I've been dancing for seven months now. I do it two to three times a week, sometimes more. Um, I competed in my first competition. Not very successfully, but I still competed. Um, <laughs> applauding that, applauding right. that. Yeah. You can't win if you don't get out there. Absolutely. And I got out there and did not win. So both those things can be true. Um, but I just have created space for the things I've always wanted to do. So after that Portugal trip, I also decided I was going to um, actually publish my book. So I had a ton of poetry kind of sitting around and I wasn't really interested in writing more. It was like adding more clothes to an already full closet. I was oh. like, I have all this stuff kind of sitting around. doesn't feel like there's any more room. Um, so I published those poems and then started writing again. But I think kind of making that space and limiting those decisions was kind of key for me to have mental and emotional space to produce anything or to dance. That's interesting. I never thought about the fact that you would have had all this poetry that you've obviously poured your heart into, crafted, birthed, all the things, right? And that by not publishing them stopped you from writing anymore. That's really interesting. Yeah, it felt cluttered. Yeah. Huh. They didn't, hadn't gone anywhere yet. Yeah. They needed to be into the world so that you could then mentally prepare to write more. That's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. Painters do that. Painters sell everything so that they keep going and they don't keep anything. 
Yeah. They do. So it's funny is so I am a creative director, so I absolutely do what I love. Um, I love this podcast of hanging out with Gina, love cocktails. So that passion is there, right? But what I do on more ongoing basis is I'm doing creative work for sale. Somebody needs me to brand something. Somebody needs a strategy for something. Now it's very creative work, but it's something that I do. Absolutely, I love it. It's what I went to school for. I wouldn't want to do anything else. But it's not a a personal, um, intimate uh, piece of me. It's the creative piece of me that I sell. So for me, photography is my real creative outlet. It's my selfish moment. It's what I'm doing. It's it's only what I want to do when I want to do it. And I, you know, but you know what's funny is I don't put it in the world. I put some of it. If you go to my house, Gina's been in my house. There's lots of photos on my wall, and no, the naked chick is not me. Um, <laughs> none of them are. I love that. I love that picture. <laughs> photo, uh, but. I have so much photography that no one ever sees and it doesn't bother me at all. But I think it's because it's, it's almost like that guarded, not guarded, it's my creative space that I don't have to share. Yeah, I think that's the key, right? Like you have a creative space that you do share and you have to share. Yeah. So people have asked me why don't I do something with writing for a living and I was like because it will suck all of the energy and yeah. joy out of it for me. Like if that's what I'm doing for my day job, I don't want to write poetry anymore. I also don't want to shoot for anyone either. Right. For money. I'll shoot because if you wanted me to come and take photos of the girls, or abso- I would absolutely do that. But I would never sell it. I'd never, no one could ever hire me to do it because that for me takes all of the creativity out of it. It sucks the love out of it for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of funny. I did, and it, you, that close in the closet thing is the opposite for me, but it's because the space is different. Your closet's <laughs> bigger. <laughs> There's a lot of shit in there, though. <laughs> I should lay down now. Let's talk about that. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Switch it off. Therapy time. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. No, it's. I, I think. I think the creative process is pretty interesting. Especially, I love the idea that you. What you said is like you stop making like the little decisions, right? And like you and you mill it out. I was like just thinking like. You do make a lot of decisions. Yeah. You know, I have kids and a husband, blah, blah, blah. I make all the decisions for two humans that I'm in charge of and then one human that says I'm not in charge of him, but I definitely <laughs> am. And then and I own businesses and stuff like that, right? So, like, literally I make a lot of decisions every day, and I never thought about that because at the end of the day I'm exhausted Yes. from stupid, what are we having for dinner? You know, I'm planning dumb shit. And or whatever. I'm yeah. sorry to mean to curse so much, but I I'm from Jersey. I just <laughs> it's just funny to think of it like that. I, I'm just thinking like how much stuff can I mill out? So you know when I do get my hair done and my stylist always says, So what do you want to do? And I was like, No, 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 I make creative decisions all day long. I'm here for you to make this one. Yep. I don't I don't he's like, Do you do you wanna cut it? And I'm like, I don't know. Should it be cut? I absolutely have an opinion on my hair, but I also go somebody I trust. But I'm just like, no, no, I, I don't want to make another creative decision. That's I do the you. same thing. Like you're the you're the pro. Yeah. The hell do I know? Yeah. I just grow the shit. Yeah. <laughs> fix it. Yeah, fix it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, please fix it. Absolutely. So t- speaking of the creative process, do you have a writing ritual? I don't. Um, a lot of my friends do. So I write, I'm an internal processor 100%. So um, I write 
poetry in my head. So I almost always am walking around. My phone is full of just like lines or images that I'll collect. Um, I'm like a little kid who's putting stones in their pocket. (laughs) I collect poetic lines. Um, I used to do a 30 minute writing exercise with one of my writing partners and we'd hit, we'd pick a topic, 30 minutes, you're supposed to write and then come back with a poem and share it. So she would sit down and write solidly for 30 minutes. And I would wander around the house, make a cup of tea, go to the bathroom, fold some laundry, and then come back and write my whole poem in the last five minutes. And it used to drive her crazy, but I was writing in my head the whole time. Yeah. And that last five was just to get it down on paper. It was just the practical part of it. Yeah. Huh. So it's always kind of floating around in there. So, but the, the spewing onto a page is more spontaneous. Yeah. It kind of, it feels like there's a point where, like, the poem's ready. It's like cooking. It's just eating. <laughs> it's I, simmering yes. back there. When I was writing for school, I would write, and I, because I was forced to write, things were kind of coming out half-baked, and I had a file labeled um, gestation. And I was like, those guys are, those are the incubator is actually yeah. what I called it. I was like, those guys are not ready to be born yet. Yep. Like, they need to cook for a little while longer. So I have a folder in my lap, in, in my work it's for later yeah it's called for later I don't know what I'm doing with it it was an idea that is for, for something and I'm whole I don't know where it goes or I'm working on a concept and I'm like oh this is this is good but it doesn't yeah. fit it's not time yet and I it just it or it's not the right project for it so I have yeah. four la- the, the folders called for later there's poems in here that are amalgamations of multiple other poems that weren't just working weren't not working for some reason, and I took them apart, Frankenstein them back together into it. Kind of like red wine. It's like yes. blending wine. Yes, it's a blended. It's a blend. <laughs> I do love that. Let's talk about that creative process. It's blended. Yeah. Yeah. Why do not? you have one of those poems you would read I for do. us? I sure do. Um, let me find it. Why don't we um, make the cocktail while uh, while Dawn finds the poem for us? Okay, that sounds like a plan. Yeah. What are you making for us? I'm gonna make a pineapple fizz. Ooh. I know. We're going to get busy with it. What? Second mom joke for the day. (laughs) Pineapple fizz, right? You got to love this drink. It is, um, you know, low calorie with a lot of flavor. And it's just like super delicious, you know? It's easy. And, you know, you add like a little bit of soda water to it if you want. You could use flavored soda water with it. It's so simple. All it is is alcohol a juice or a fruit, and soda water. That's what's what makes a fizz. So our fizz is gonna be, you know, fresh muddled pineapple, or you could use pineapple juice. Um, and we're gonna use um, a flavored um, seltzer water, which I like, and I'm gonna use Pellegrino. Shocker, right? You know, my last name's Tercevani. Of course, I'm gonna use an Italian product. And what I liked about this is it's got a little bit of tangerine in it. So it gives you another like layer of flavor. So it's kind of really nice. You have that pineapple and tangerine um, soda, and you could stop there, right? You can have a nice non-alcoholic drink, but um, you know, obviously we love alcohol, so we're going to use a little dry rum um, from Cotton and Reed, and I really do love this rum. Uh, it's local to DC, but it's got a really beautiful floral um, note to it. It's really like, bright um, and uh, aromatic. And it's something that just kind of like works with when you're using citrus fruits and stuff. 
Um, um, not citrus fruits, tropical fruits. See, even I make a mistake. All right, so here we go, let's get started. So we're going to take um, a one by one inch cube of pineapple and we're gonna use about two bar spoons. It's about four cubes of pineapple and we're gonna muddle it in the bottom of our glass. And when you're muddling it, you don't wanna pulverize it, just muddle it and press it so that you can get like, um, kind of like a little uh, goo on the bottom if you would. Um, and then you're gonna take um, two ounces of rum, you're gonna pour that in. And then we are going to fill this with three quarters of, uh, filled with ice. And we're gonna throw this into our shaker and we're gonna shake it. And you're gonna shake it up and you only have these two ingredients and you're like, what are we doing here, right? Trust me, it's worth it. Then we're gonna strain it into a glass over fresh ice. You can use a tall glass for this. You want something that um, you have room to add as much uh, fizz as you like. So for me, a long, tall Collins glass is the way to go. So we're gonna um, add, uh, <clears throat> we're gonna add our Pellegrino, fill it to the top, and then we're gonna put our spoon inside of there, and we're gonna just pull the bottom of that juice and rum through the drink. Don't stir it, because you're gonna disrupt all the bubbles. Just pull it through. So push it down and pull it up, and then it's gonna give you a nice mixture of everything. So, you know, one thing I love is, you know, a little like topping up floral. It's my one of my favorite things. And of course, you know, it wouldn't be a big spring drink without it. So we're gonna use um, from Little Wild Things is a DC owned farm here in Washington, DC. They grow their um, their produce and their flowers and everything on a rooftop in Northeast. How could you not love it, right? So we're gonna use these little delicate flowers on top and make it just a beautiful, light and beautiful and airy and floral cocktail. And, you know, I didn't even think about it, but there's a lot of things DC in there. So let's enjoy it. So here we go. Oh, Gina, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. This cocktail is just pure poetry. Oh, oh you like it? Yes, I do like it. <laughs> I want to go with all these jokes today. Load it up. <laughs> well, you know, again, fresh fruit, soda water, spirit, you know, you have yourself a cocktail, right? And you have these fizzes and... You don't need to like add a bunch of sugar. I love a little bit of the super fine sugar in it, and it's definitely something you could add. But you know, teach your own. Make it as sweet or as not sweet as you want. No, I love Dawn's call to not to go without it, and I don't really think it needed any sugar. Yeah. It's no. perfect. I I prefer a non not too sweet cocktail anyway, and that one's right up my alley. That would something you could sip on all day long. Yeah, and using all those and using all those flavored soda waters are like so easy to like keep the calorie count down in your drinks, sugar low or whatever, and you can like eat the bread then. Yeah, right? just make sure you pick the right fizzy water though, because some of it is just speaking of trash. So yeah. once no, you find a yeah, good Pellegrino's one, Pellegrino is really great. I love Pellegrino. Yeah, like good, it's good. It's they, they as a company try. Yeah, you it's know? really. Good. It's not like something that popped up in someone's garage in um, Ohio, and now they're making soda water because that happens all the time now. Like all yeah. of a sudden, it's like it's, it's local. Like that was made in your garage. <laughs> Next well, to some fucking paint thinner. I'm not drinking it. Mine's local. We bought Dave a, he drinks so much soda water, we bought him a drink mate, one of the soda, soda machines. Yeah, but it's, I think it's called drink mate. And the reason I did that one was because you can do 
juices as well. Yeah, yeah. The other ones don't allow you to use anything. That's cool. You can make it in your house, of yeah. course. I mean, so, for yourself. I'm talking yeah. about like no, mass. But, yeah. No, no, I'm just saying at home. And then if you're making these cocktails at home, it's a nice piece of equipment to add. It doesn't cost a lot of money. It allows no, you to. Yeah, you could do fresh pineapple soda yeah. then yeah. if you wanted to. Yeah. It doesn't really take that much. Like a half doesn't. a pineapple would make, um, you know, like two liters of soda. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. So um, where are they going to go to get this uh, tips and tricks, or the tips on this? You're going to go to um, designateddrinker.show for the recipe of how to make this cocktail, and then you can follow us on Instagram for the tips, or you can listen to episode one yeah. for how to do the um, what makes a fizz a fizz and what oh, yeah. makes a fix a fix. Absolutely. Um, and if you didn't catch any of that, don't worry. Just scroll down into our episode notes. We'll have links definitely to um, the to the website which will get you to all the old the all of the archives of uh episodes and all of the recipes that went with the with those um episodes and we'll definitely make sure that there's a link to dawn's book as well absolutely the habit of hope let's listen to this poem yeah let's do it what it, let's drink cocktails and read poetry this is how very cool salon. are we we're very pinky up it's very salon um, okay this is called a toast to a dead stranger which is so appropriate <laughs> Standing before Stonehenge, I wonder what kind of love it would have to be to convince me to haul boulders for miles and heave them into a sedimentary valentine. Or maybe it wasn't love that beckoned, but a burning desire to declare their existence. To know they wouldn't be discarded like the ashes in a bud bottle I found in the back of the green cabinet in my parents' garage. I held it up to the light, judging its contents not enough to even be all of him and wondered who cared enough to tape his obituary to the bottle, but not enough to remember to carry him away. Now he sits on my desk, my own little Stonehenge. That's awesome. So that used to be two poems, one about this bud bottle we found, and it was my friend's parents' house, but that <laughs> didn't work in the poem. Because um, poetry is not nonfiction necessarily, or not biographic. Um, and we had this long discussion about, like, how did we get this? like part of this guy um and i had a poem all about that and then i had gone to stonehenge and had tried to write a poem about that and it didn't work so one day i was desperate to get a poem and squish those two together and all of a sudden it did it did work it's amazing how that that comes together also i i like the idea of being a, that's your valentine stonehenge <laughs> like that's one fucking hell of a valentine it is a weird weird place yeah see just like red wine or like wine blending you've got something good and something good and maybe something wasn't quite working and you put it together and you have something amazing yeah we're so much better yeah that's cool inspiring me to want to try to write poetry but i think it, i would just suck at it I, t I try to rhyme it too much i'd be like this clock <laughs> tick tock i don't know i, I, don't, I would be terrible i would be like yeah. awful i can't rhyme i'll do a lot of internal rhyme but not end rhyme it i sound like dr seuss yeah it's not work for me <laughs> i think that's the only poetry i could accomplish is dr seuss <laughs> yeah it would be it would be yeah. he's very marketable yeah i'm very uh, i'm definitely a visual thinker i probably should swim in this lane stay in that lane <laughs> me too i mean yeah i'll stick with cocktails that's my medium there you i go. feel like everyone's pretty good with uh, that right what do you feel about your creativity we talked about how i feel about mine i mean you're incredibly creative entrepreneurial absolutely but through a create in a creative space though but i do 
All right, so you both said something that really resonates with me, right? I used to do cocktails because, like, that was exactly what I loved to do. You know, I made cocktails, cocktail lists, traveled all over the world, made cocktails for everybody, cocktail lists for everybody, did all those things. And then it became work. Yeah. So it's work, right? And then I have um, a secret place of, like, what I want to do for my next cocktail bar. And I go to that in my my notes, literally on my phone – and in there, I jot down what it looks like. What does it sound like? What does it taste like? What does it look like? What is the next person that comes in and drinks it? What's that generation look like? What does that that customer look like? And that's how I paint, like, my um, visionary, like, picture. But now, like, going to Buffalo and Bergen, which started on a piece of paper. Yeah. Was my same process, right? It started on a cocktail napkin. Literally. Sitting as a genie one night, you know, 11 years ago, almost 12 years ago now. And we wrote down all these notes on a piece of paper, on a, on a cocktail napkin. I'm like, we're going to do a Kanish place with sodas and cocktails. And that became work. Yeah. And now my new place that I have buried in my phone is my new, like, art project, right? So it's kind of, um, it's interesting, but I always give up my gift to everybody. I always say, here's the gift. Here's the restaurant. Here's the place. Go live your life in it. Yeah. And live this portion of your life in it, like... Go to Buffalo and Burgundy breakfast, whatever you're going to do, and live your life there and your morning routine. Or go to Last Call at night and, you know, dance it out with your girlfriends or, you know, play darts with your friends. Whatever you're going to do. But there's Just a- don't dance it out with your girlfriends in front of the dartboard. Yeah. But yeah like, I want that. you to, I want people to live their lives or that moment of their lives in the walls of all the things I create. So you live your life in that. And that is my art. And then I move on to the next thing. So I... I give it up. I do yeah. believe in giving it up because if you yep. don't, you can't move forward. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a little deep for me today. <laughs> you know that makes me really nervous to share. <laughs> Just give a lot of creative processing. Okay. So we're going to go to the last question now, I think. No, I'm going to ask yeah. you one more thing. Okay, go. Do you think you have another book in you? I mean, you talked about yeah. making room. Do you yeah. see a whole book coming together? So this book is a lot about kind of being unmoored and disembodied and trying to figure out kind of where where home is and where family is and what all of that means. Um, my next book, I think, is going to be much more about groundedness and embodiment. Um, it's tentatively titled Dance Lessons um, because that <laughs> is a lot of my of life, <laughs> right? Um, and dancing has some... I, I have a lot of dancing images in this book, um, but there's something about dancing that parallels life. So I had a dance teacher. I was trying to sort out one of my patterns and he finally looked at me and he was like, man, you just kind of look at your partner and try to figure out where they want you to be. And then you try to get there so that you're right. He was like, you need to dance your own dance. And I thought, well, huh? that's pretty much all of my life right there. And summed <laughs> up in one little critique of my there's like one pattern in my dance and a lot of things are like that in dance. So I think it'll probably move in that direction. Um, and I have a couple of the first poems There are a couple of poems that didn't make this book that'll go into that one. So hopefully 2024, late 2024, early 2025, that one will come out. Awesome. I'm going to say the, the poetry within uh, the words within the pages are, are just amazing. And thank you for sharing that with us. Um, it was really, uh, 
I could see giving this book to so many people because yeah. it's it's light. You feel, I mean, it's light and it's short, but there's so much emotion and wrapped up between each one of those characters. Um, thank you. All I can say is thank you. I think it's you're inspiring, and I can't do it. I wish I could, and but I would sure love to give your book to many people because I think it'd be something that would be a beautiful gift. Thank you. I appreciate it. So now what's your gift, Gina? Okay. <laughs> Last question is how many of you ever listened to the podcast or not? Okay. Here uh -oh. we go. So in this day and age, everyone identifies with something, right? And you might identify with a sparrow and you're like, oh, I love that bird. It's so cute, right? Because whatever. It feels like little cute mud um, houses or whatever, right? If you could identify with an ingredient, whether it's in food or cocktails, what would that ingredient say about you and why? Oh my gosh. So your spirit ing your spirit ingredient. My spirit ingredient. Cheese. I'm going with cheese. Love cheese. Yeah. Love it's cheese. super versatile. Everybody loves it except for the people it makes sick, but they don't count. <laughs> they still eat it. They still eat it, right? Everybody's sad when they have to give up cheese. I'm going with cheese. I yes, love it. I love that. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good spirit ingredient. Melty goes with everything. Yeah, melty. Nobody's crumbles. gonna give you up, even even if it's it's even salty. If you make them sick. That's right. <laughs> yeah, all those things. Yeah, it's good. I like well, that one. cheers to that. Cheers to that. Cheers to the cheesy cheers, ending. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. It was fun. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latino-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.